Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Yellow and red make the color orange. Welcome to the Fact Off. There are two, there are four, there are six, there are eight. Telling facts are really great. Do the really useful cue. Mike, he's the cheeky one. Pat, he's vain and lots of fun. Alex pulls the mail on time. Welcome to the Fact Off. That was uh, from the Thomas TV show. The, the tank, tank Engine? The Tank Engine? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he had his own show. Since when Since when was he the star? Thomas? Isn't um, he? What's it called? What's the name of the show? It's they Thomas. used to be like... Shining Time Station, right? Or uh, Yeah, and then they really like... It's like Thomas and Friends now. Oh, yeah. He's the popular one. I don't think he should get top billing. He wasn't even the best character. They oh, really he's are. Bro, he's the cheeky one. Well, Mike is the cheeky one on our show. Mike, you are cheeky. Yeah, I need to lose some of this face weight. You're right. I was talking about those gorgeous butt cheeks. <laughs> okay. I'll keep them though, just the way they are. Yeah. Listeners don't know this, but Mike uh, puts the camera for our Zoom just facing his butt the whole time so we can see it. It's the only reason I still do the podcast. <laughs> well, it's a weird way to like sit during the whole podcast. <laughs> Like the microphone's basically on the ground, <laughs> I'm talking butt up in the air. He's a freak, ladies and gentlemen. He's a freak. <laughs> That's how he likes to be cord. <laughs> to each their own. It's not hurting anybody. That's why my facts are not the best. Alex <laughs> is actually the best again. Yeah, well, let's introduce the show. <laughs> this is the fact off each week where we each bring a random and obscure fact, and you, the listeners, can decide the winner. I'm Alex, like Mike said. Mike is here. And Pat's Hello. here as well. So yeah. Mike was a cheeky one. What was I again? You're vain, but lots of fun. Oh, okay. I'll take it. That makes sense. He's pretty <laughs> And vain. I pull the mail on time, so. Well, that's kind of outdated, but do you? Yeah. Wait, people still get mail. So last week, I had the best fact, and I won again. Woo! Undefeated. No, I won last week. Uh, I want to. Uh, I every time I win, it starts a new season. So oh, this okay. season, I'm undefeated. <laughs> what season are we on? Five. Yeah, like I think five. We're not into April yet, so you're not undefeated in April. So you have to win next week to become undefeated in a month. I know. Stupid Pat ruined my perfect March streak. I know. Yeah, it was such a good week. I was like, everything went for me the right way last week, and then this week it's all downhill. I was marching along to the finish line. Marching along in March. Yep. I have Stupid not watched Pat. one basketball game this whole month. This is the first time I've gone a whole like March Madness without watching a single game. Really? There's been a lot of dribbling and shooting and dunking. Let's not talk too much about basketball. You might tread on my uh, my fact. Oh, dear. <laughs> it just feels so freeing, though, like not having to watch them. Because I, I remember back in the day, I used to have like the, the iPad app pulled up and the computer app. and the, So I had like four or five games going at once. I was just like a... A basketball addict. Mike was one of those guys who scheduled his fat sex to me during March Madness so he had time off to watch the games. He's the first person to get one five years in a row. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, they got a. I get it undone one year and then redone and then undone and then redone. I just keep telling the doc, I, I changed my mind. I, step, I want step, a kid. Step, step, step. And he's always like, keep my ass alone. That's how I make my money. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I won last week, so I get to give a victory fact. Uh, My fact is simple this week. March and June end on the same day every year. 
What? So the, the last day of March and the last day of June all, always end on the same day. So like March Friday 31st? this year. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so so a Friday. Yep. So June 31st, right? June have 30 or 31 days. Every every year uh, it's a Friday on June 31st? Well, no, whatever March 31st is, June is the same. Yeah, if oh. March 31st ends on a Tuesday, June 31st ends on a Tuesday. Now now this is clicking into place, um, and it's just as good as any of your other facts you've had. He's <laughs> right up there. This is why he wins Which every time. I just time. looked it up. That's not true. No, it is true. No, March, the last day of March is Thursday this year. Not. I just looked it up, and I realized I can't read. No, it's true. I thought the 31st is Friday, but the 31st is Thursday, so... It is true. I looked it up. Uh, yeah, I thought check. something seemed a little funky about your fact, but... Um, no, it, I checked out. Do you know what's not usually funky, though, is uh, Pat's facts. What? The Pat's funky facts? Pat's family fun, funky facts, spectacular? Yeah. Oh, won't you take me too? Funky facts! Yeah, I'm stepping in on your turf, Alex. And then it's fun. Yeah, you're going to start winning all these like I used to win. Now I'm going to start singing songs I used to sing. Or still sing. <laughs> so you guys get a theme song. I'm waiting on that theme song. All right. Our first fact this week is one that's near and dear to my heart. Did you know what the longest running primetime animated series is? Well, obviously The Simpsons. It's The Simpsons. Started in 1987. So this company actually had the gall to print that out on a sheet of paper. Like not every single person in the United States of America didn't already know this fact. Like, this company like is basically just phoning at home at this point. Like, wh- why even print this stupid calendar? It, I agree. It's 365 facts. It's yeah. <laughs> they, it's on every history test of my school. Is what is the longest primetime animated series in the United States? I, I actually think if you get that question wrong, you probably have you to might go be back a and start, like, middle school over again. <laughs> and just go back through high school and, and just start life over. You have to Billy Madison it. Oh, yeah. Do each grade for two weeks. Pee your pants. All right. I'm already saying that's the worst one, but keep going. All right. This one's, you'll like this one. You can eat stickers on fruit. Really? According to this card. I guess you could. No one's stopping it. I'm not going to take this card's word for it. (laughs) I could also eat this piece of paper right now, so. Um, Did you know that the design for seatbelts we use now was given away by Volvo? Really? I think I did know that because they're always known as that company that's super safe about like all the their car features and all that. And it's because if it look at the seatbelt, it's kind of like a V on the side that so makes you think of Volvo. Yes, that's exactly why it's uh, safe like that. <laughs> Volkswagen, it went down, then up, then down again, then up. <laughs> um. Did you know that, and this one's sad, I thought, I didn't believe this one at first, it took me a few days to come to terms with it, all colors of Fruit Loops have the same flavor. Yeah, I knew that. All taste like garbage. (laughs) (laughs) I don't agree with Mike stands, but yeah, they don't really have a taste to them. I thought they did. I thought, you know, they had different, I, I don't know, the magic of Fruit Loops is gone now. Yeah, but you also think apples and oranges taste different, which are the same. Yeah, well, it's because I'm just eating the stickers that come on them. <laughs> that's why people compare apples and oranges all the time. Yeah, that's yeah, people the, use the that same. phrase when two things are exactly the same. Exactly. All right. Lastly, there are no muscles in your fingers. 
Their mu- their function is controlled by muscles in your palms and arms. Wait, so that fact just negates itself because it says there are no muscles in your fingers, but then it says the muscles in your arm control the muscles in your fingers. So, in fact, there are muscles in your fingers. Then. Can you repeat the fact, please, and use it in a sentence? <laughs> T-H-E-R. All right. There are no muscles in your fingers. Their function is controlled by muscles in your palms and arms. Okay. Mike, you're, I think your statement made no sense. All right, you're right. I'll allow it. <laughs> I made no sense. <laughs> I'm moving my finger. But you're not. So you're moving your like... palm muscle. Well, I'm going to cut all the muscles off my arm. Like, just sever the tie and see what happens. No, no. Cut and the muscles the off fingers. your finger. It's a lot less cutting. Okay. <laughs> but my fingers are so jacked, though. Is that yeah. what they call them? Yeah. I'm doing pinky ups every night. Uh, worst fact, I think, is the. This Simpsons one. I just knew that. <laughs> I think the every... Volvo one is stupid. Why? Because I love the Simpsons and I refuse to pick you don't against them. You believe in seatbelts. He's anti seatbelt. He's the guy that loves the ding. He loves that ding sound. The ding. Yeah. <laughs> the ding sound? Yeah, when you don't have your seatbelt on, it's like ding, ding, ding. Oh, uh, maybe in your fancy cars. Now to save our gas mileage, I take out the seatbelt so my car's lighter. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> not smart. That's not the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, all right, winner. So since I am, I'm the winner. I can pick the order. I went last last time, so this time I'm going first. Well, everybody's turning it off right away. But <laughs> now this one is going to blow your mind. So uh, keep the you guys know. going. Do you guys know what type of season it is? Uh, sp- spring? Or, is it uh, the reason for the season? It's not the reason. It is spring, but that's not what I'm looking for. Oh, Easter season? No. Bigger. Bigger than Easter. Uh, March Madness. No, bigger than March Madness. Baseball season? No. Baseball season. Mike wins. Pat, you lose. All right, I'll see you I guys. I don't know if baseball season's that big anymore, but I'll allow it. No, it's, it's the biggest thing in the world. Um... No, but I was looking. I was looking something else up, and I noticed that the MLB website has a glossary for all the different terminology that they use for baseball. Baseball has a lot of slang that are like "butch chop" is one I've never heard of. What's it mean? Uh, it's like a guy who scares around the bunt, but then turns and swings a short swing to get like a grounder hit. A butch chop? Yeah, because it looks like a butcher chopping. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to use that next time I'm at a game. Like, look at that butch chop. Yeah. Ho- hopefully the lady in front of me doesn't have, like, short hair and, like... <laughs> You're not in the Indians game? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no longer the Indians. They are the Guardians. Uh, that's true. Sorry. I apologize to all the Guardians fans wow. out there. Wow. You just got canceled. <laughs> Pat's, Pat's is getting canceled left and right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He is vain. That's why every movie now is renamed, uh, like, a Cowboys and Guardians movie. Yep. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a Texas leaguer? No. So, Mike? Yes. What? what, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, a tes- Texas leaguer is a shallow hit into the outfield that falls between the outfield and infield. I always called him like a bloop single. Yeah, I thought it was a blo- like yeah, a blooper. 
Yeah, but it's called a Texas Legal, according to their website. Okay. Well, how did it get this name? Somebody in Texas did it. That is true. Were they in the you league? In the, you played in the Texas League. Uh, Whoa. It was so hot out, he couldn't swing his bat hard enough. Or soft enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, a guy by the name of Ollie Pinkering. So he was living in Illinois. I don't buy this one already because it doesn't sound like a baseball name I've ever heard of. Sure, you don't well, mean Babe Ruth? No. It's Ollie Pinkering. Pickering, Pickering, sorry. Pickering, okay, that oh, does sound Pickering. Like, oh, yeah, that does sound like a baseball name now that you mention it. He was a young man living in Illinois, and all he wanted to do was play baseball. So he mailed letters to every manager he can think of with return envelopes that let me come play for your team, and no one wrote him back. Of course. Aww. So he's like, know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hop the rails from Illinois to San Antonio, Texas. And that's what he did. He <laughs> hopped on the freight train and is headed down south. This and he got there. So he was a hobo? <laughs> he had one stamp left. So he uh, sent a letter to John McCluskey, the owner of the Houston Mudcaps. Oh, they can say McCluskey Chevrolet. So don't ruin the surprise. Low prices, low rates. That's a local Cincinnati dealership. Um, so the guy was like, okay, uh, I'll come out to Houston and we see what you got. So he showed up to Houston with one shoe, unshaven, clothes barely on together. And he showed up. <laughs> clothes and the barely owner, on. <laughs> the owner said that he was, uh, he said he was living under a sidewalk, which I think that's like living on the street. I don't know. He said living under the sidewalk is maybe, how he. Maybe meant the sewer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was blowing kids down. <laughs> he was Wait, the original yeah. So the owner, he's like, okay, you can play for my team. He gave him 50 cents to go get a uh, sh- shave and his haircut and eat some food. So he came back later that day and played that day for the team. That's how it worked back then. He just showed up and he played. <laughs> hey, if you stop talking to me, I'll let you play. <laughs> go get a haircut. And he, in his first game, that game, he had seven hits and they were all bloop singles. Wow. So he went seven for seven. And, like, the story of him, like, coming down and having no money and playing and getting these seven hits was a national news. So they started referring to those hits as the Texas Leaguer. Not That's his name? name comes from. Not Pinkering? Nope. Pinkerings? Texas nope. Pinkering. Pinkering. <laughs> no. But he also has another uh, reason he's famous. Did he? Was he, like, he on murdered a murder his family. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Close. He was the first at bat in an American League game. How is that close? (laughs) He murdered the ball. In 1901, on April 24th, he was playing for the Cleveland Blues. Never heard of them. That's less Uh, offensive than their name at one point. But they were playing the White Sox against uh, William Dummy Dummy Hoy, who they called Dummy because he was mute in uh, death. I have yet to look him up, but that's my plan after the show (laughs) to read more about him. But he was the first batter in the game. The first pitch was the ball. Second pitch, a pop-up out to the center field. Oh, not a uh, Texas leaguer? Nope. And all, <laughs> the wire said is the other three games that were posted set at the same time were all canceled due to rain. 
Why is this not a movie? This is a great story. I'm voting for this fact already. It's just a good, fun fact. Uh, but that's my fact. The Texas Leaguer. Also, I recommend looking up the glossary at MLB.com. There's a lot of random stuff up there. I feel like Alex is going to milk this glossary for facts for the next year. <laughs> the next three weeks are all MLB glossary facts. That's it. Uh, Pat, you can go next. You like going in the middle. All right. So last week we were talking about uh, my uh, victory fact was uh, Shaquille O'Neal only made one three-pointer. And then Mike said something, which was they did the shut math. Shut the F up. What? <laughs> shut the F up. Yeah, said, shut the hell up about Shaquille O'Neal. So Mike said something last week where uh, he said they did the math and they realized that three points were more than two points. This is what I like about this show, is last week a student just in passing mentioned asking a boy to the dance, and I did a deep dive on that. And then last week Mike said, oh, the three-point shot, you know, is worth more than two. So I looked up the history of the three-point shot. You guys ready for the history of the three-point? Yes. Mike, are you ready? Oh, I am more than ready. All right, well, can you get less? I don't need um, you to be uh, more than ready. I just need you, you to be ready. Can you play jock games in the background of your... Uh... Are y'all ready for this? <laughs> All right. Or do he's on fire from downtown? He's heating up. I was going to talk about NBA Jam here. First off, uh, real quick aside, NBA Jam, great game. You ever play it, Mike? I'm sure you did. Yeah, of course. It's one of the best. It's crazy that my I'm going to uh, spoil my fact here. It wasn't until 2014 that the NBA took notice that three points were better than two pointers. But if you yeah. ever played me in NBA Jam, all I did was shoot three pointers for half point, half half court line. Yeah, and that was back in the '90s when I was like an eight year old kid. I could have told them that they should shoot more three pointers, but Not no one me. asked I always me. Wanted to dunk. Yeah, and that's why you always lost. That is true. All right, so the three point line. Let's go back in time. Gotta go back to time. The first three-point line game was tested in a one uh, in, in a one-on-one game <laughs> in a game between Columbia and Fordham in 1945, and they used a 21-foot line. It was just one game. They experimented with it, did not like it. It wasn't until 1958 that another three-point game between St. Francis and Siena played. Again, nobody was a fan. In 1961, this is a fun one. Boston University and Dartmouth played one game in where. Every every shot counted at three points. That's just dumb. Like, it's how did they count by three then two? <laughs> Even foul points. Every it just said uh, all all field goals were three points. Okay. All right. So then those are all the failed experiments. Notice there's like big gaps between when they tried. It just like it wouldn't catch on. So uh, in 1961, the American Basketball League became the first basketball league to institute the rule. Uh, a commissioner, Abe Saperstein. Okay. He was, yeah, you know, everybody knows Abe. Yeah. Dishonest Abe, they w- called Was him. this guy shot for, like, in adding a rule? Yes. <laughs> uh, so he was competing <laughs> with the NBA at the time, and he thought the three-pointer could be, like, their home run. He's like, we need something to compete with the NBA. We'll institute a three-point line. It'll be a home run. And that lasted from 1961 to 1963. So still... Not looking good. Then four years later, in 1967, the ABA, probably the most famous competitor for the NBA, started the three-point line as a way to give smaller players a chance to score and also open up the defense. It was getting a little crowded under the net, so they tried to spread out the defense a little bit. 
And that lasted from 1967 to 1976. That's the spirit. Yep. It was not until 1979 that the NBA introduced the three-point line. Do you know why they introduced it? They merged with the ABA? Uh, No, they wanted to increase the points in the game. Yeah, that's what all sports always want to do is increase scoring for some... I mean, it's more exciting. Well, it makes sense. Sports represents a collection of life, and everybody wants to score more. So why do you want? Why wouldn't you want higher scoring games? So what is this score more you're talking about? Is this like sexually scoring more, or is this scoring more like uh, points? It's at not work that or? kind of podcast, there, Mike. It's okay. sexually. I'm pretty sure it's pretty <laughs> obvious. It was sexual. All right. So the first person to shoot a uh, is credited with the first three pointer in the NBA is Boston Celtic Chris Ford in on October 12, 1979. But you know what? More people remember about that game. It was the debut of a little player named Larry Bird. But he was tall. He wasn't little. Well, like little known. I don't know. It's Larry Bird. He probably wasn't little known either. So Back these to are, notes. <laughs> yeah. So these are really good. Uh, I was actually really interested. I did a deep dive on three-pointers. Uh, in, so it started in 1979 in the NBA, and then it really didn't take hold until 1987. Like they, they started the three-point line, and no one knew how to shoot threes. So no one yeah, did it. Because, like, something you just have to relearn and, like, people weren't really... Yeah, because if you watch, like, old videos of guys shooting, it's more like two hands next to each other. Yeah, the old shooting form was just kind of ugly. Um, shooting became, like, more beautiful looking as it went along. I'll yeah, say. but those guys look good in those short <sighs> So the first season of the NBA, there were 7,400... The first season, not the first season of the NBA, in 1979, there was 7,433 total shots and only 227 were from beyond the three-point line. And they only made 64 threes in that first season. Wow. I know. It wasn't until 1986-87 season that the entire league together scored more than 100 three-pointers in a season. For a little comparison, Steph Curry right now, in 64 games a season, has 285 threes. To show you how much it's That's how many he's made or how many he's taken? That's how many he's made this year. Dang, <laughs> holy cow. Yeah. So uh, in the 90s, so once again, uh, average score was going down in the 90s. So they actually made the three-point line closer. And guess who that really helped? LeBron James. You think of 90s basketball, who do you think of? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Uh, I read online there's some conspiracy theorists that think that the NBA moved the three-point line closer to benefit Michael Jordan because uh, before that he was not known as a three-point shooter. And then when they moved the three-point line closer, he led the league in three-point percentage. Coincidence? No, I pro- think pro- Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but the official reasoning was they made it shorter so they could increase scoring. And guess what happened? It worked. No, yeah. it went down. <laughs> Scoring went down. It, it like decreased from 105 uh, points per game to 100. So it actually so then they moved it back because it wasn't changing anything other than, uh, you know, Michael Jordan was the best. The reason why the scoring went down is when they moved the three point line in, it compacted the players um, more. So th- it was a tighter game. So it was like more defense. It became more of a defensive game, I believe. Um, so that's why the scoring went down when they moved it in. Yes. I was going to say that, but, you know, you cut me off, so I, also, I wasn't going to say that. Anyway, let's fast forward. So that's the 90s. 
and still the NBA, like the three point line, you know, it was like a novelty. It wasn't like that. Didn't really take off in 2014. A statistic obsessed sports executive, Daryl Morey, led what many people call the three point revolution. Was this the Rockets? Uh, so it ended up he was the general manager of the Rockets. But what he did is he took his D-League Rio Grande Valley Vipers and he told them to stop taking long range twos and specifically back up to the three point line. I, I've always thought that to be the case anyways. Like, What's the point of making a long range two if you could just step back a little bit and make a three? Like I always thought long range twos were kind of dumb. Yeah. Once again, they didn't ask us. They should have. They asked me. I said, no, I love the long two. <laughs> it, I think the long two, it just like seems like a harder shot to make because you're any you're in a random spot. Like a three, you're well, practicing from a, a distance. What's a, what is a six inches to a foot back for the higher, like percentage wise, for the higher chance to get a, a, like an extra point? No one knows. All right. Okay, math boy. <laughs> Let me tally up all the statistics right now. Anyway, guess what happened when he told his team to start shooting? The uh, the NBA averaged 22.53 attempts per game, a regular team. That season, the Vipers averaged 48.2. So they pretty much, they over they doubled it, the amount. And guess what happened? They ended up leading their league in points per game. And it was, so that's a Daryl Morey. He was the general manager of the Rockets. Um and in 2019, the Houston Rockets became the first team in the playoffs to average taking more threes than twos. Yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. How the whole game has changed. They lost to uh, another prolific three-point shooting team, the Golden State Warriors. So there's like a lot of diehard people that are like uh, kind of mad that the game's gone this way, and other people that are like don't really care because it's fun to watch. So whatever. Yeah, it's just a. Uh, preferences right and uh, one guy who was like very statistic obsessed that i watched he was saying he's like if you look at like ticket sales like since the three ball has like taken over it's the same he's like people if you like the team you like the team yeah that's, you know, the, that's what i the read sport as well, changing yeah. is yeah the sport changing is not gonna affect how much you like the team also yeah i think people just like a three ball it just stinks that um you know that the statistic is if you make one third of your threes it's better than making half of your twos. That's like the the numbers yeah. they came up with, which means you're watching them miss so many shots per game. Yeah, I, I've been always more of a defense, and I always like the bigger dudes that would like drive down and dunk it, or you know, get get a hard fought two shot two pointer. Um, like that. I just like that that game and like just like the mind game of it all. Um, three point shots just kind of like just seem like a circus act to me. Yeah, well, it's because you can't make a three pointer. You know what? I- but Mike can dunk. <laughs> I'm 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 pretty good at three pointers. My favorite thing is when my team scores more points than the other team. So I don't care how they do it. If they just dunk the ball ten thousand times a game, I'm for it. If they shoot the three more than the other team does, I'm for it. I'm just hoping both teams have fun. That's well, true. That's, that's kind of you. What's the name of your fact, Pat? From downtown. And if I lose next week, can we retroactively change it to can't buy a bucket? That's my favorite one. Hey, right, Mike, uh, you can go next. Well, I'm the only the last option unless we have a fourth guy joining the show. Is it the is. shoes? All right. So mine takes place in France, just so you kind of know where the settings. Ooh la at. la! Oh yeah. 
it's uh-huh. it's a very uppity fact. Like these these guys that I'm going to talk about are kind of like they think they're super bright and uh, and important. Are so, you talking about the people on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> exactly oh, man. You just nailed us to a T. Um, so in 1808, there was a spectacular opera dancer named Mademoiselle Terravet. I'm terrible oh. with French names, and I'm like, what opera dancer? What is it? What what the heck does that mean? Um, dance at the opera. That that I didn't understand what opera dancer was, but I looked into it. It's basically a ballet dancer. That dances to the opera, so I guess that's when ballet and opera kind <laughs> of it, Alex. join forces to bore the people out of their minds. Hey, that's entertainment to someone. That's not, it. Yeah, not very rich or... society types. Yeah. Um, yeah, people like Pat. Yeah, but she was uh, very popular for a time, and uh, two guys, uh, Mangier de Grand Prix, and Mangier. Le Pic, uh kind of got in a tryst with her. What's is is that Ooh. the is that the term? A menage a trois, if you will. Yes, thank you. A thruple. <laughs> a thruple. Yeah. Well, she was kept. I put that in quotations Ew. by Monsieur de Grand Prix, and I, I looked up the term because it's kind of an old term, and I'm like, what does it mean? She was kept, and I guess back then they used that term for. It's like a secret relationship. Mm. I mean, it, I don't it sounds think as better than what I thought it was. I know. It, it, what do you think it was? I thought she was she kept was against, her against her will. Against her will. It does sound like that a little bit. Yeah. So obviously, these guys eventually found out about each other, and they both wanted this woman to themselves because uh, she's a she's a ballet dancer. Like that's like dating a uh, gymnast, basically. So, yeah, obviously they want to get the other guy out of the picture. Like, who wouldn't? Um, Did they have an opera off? <laughs> yeah, they had an opera off. No, these guys weren't opera. Was that people. their podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These guys were, like, just probably rich guys of the time. I didn't really find out much about, like, what they did. They were probably politicians or something like that. So, their idea was to get two identical hot air balloons made. I like it already. I thought I would say have her stand in the middle of the room and whichever one she came to. <laughs> yeah, that would be the easier one. But these guys are like, we uh, we don't want to do something normal. We we are a high society. We want to do something abnormal to win this, this lady's heart. So they got two identical hot air balloons made. Um, and then they chose a location to have these balloons set up and inflated so they they chose a field adjoined to the Tolerez, which i think it's like a field near the louvre it doesn't matter i you can pull it up on google maps like this means nothing to us it, it, it's near the louvre so these Probably guys are like, a lot to someone yeah it means a lot to somebody somebody's but there's a lot of people who are obsessed with france it's crazy yeah they're, yeah, called, they're the called french, french. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they they had these two hot air balloons um and a crowd began to gather because they're excited because they thought it was going to be a balloon race. And there's nothing more exciting than a balloon race. <laughs> You're right. There's nothing more. Why would you? I guess it's 1808, so there's nothing on TV, probably nothing else better to do. 
All right, all jokes aside, you're walking down the street one day and you just see two hot air balloons. You're not just going to stop and try to figure out what's going on? I would. And also, hot air balloons are probably a novelty item for the time. They're probably pretty badass. They're novelty now. (laughs) I think they were ever super popular. I I mean, I remember going as a kid to those hot air balloon festivals. Those are always awesome. I want to go to one. Side fact, I didn't know you couldn't fly a hot air balloon when it was raining out. Um, makes, it weighs you down. Yeah, it makes sense, but I didn't really realize that part. Uh, that's not part of this story, so I don't I know why. I saw this documentary where this girl was trying to get in a hot air balloon because a twister was coming. And she got knocked out, and she woke up in a distant land. Wait, where was it? Was it somewhere over the rainbow? That's what they said, but I couldn't pinpoint exactly where it was. Oklahoma. Was it way up high? Yeah. Oklahoma. <laughs> it's Kansas. Isn't it? Kansas, Kansas. One of those one of the, oh. those stupid states. Oklahoma no, where the fire. Wizard of Oz is. Like Mike, what are the stupid states? You have Oklahoma, Kansas. <laughs> one of the states out west somewhere, you know. Um so as the crowd began to gather what they didn't notice was both men boarded their balloons carrying blunderbusses. Ooh, a gun. Yeah, uh, and if you don't know what a blunderbuss is, it's like a old-timey shotgun type nice. gun. Uh, also, name of a Jack White album. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't follow Jack White. Um, but I think that these guns sometimes look like a horn. Like you've seen those guns, like they have like the horn on the end. Uh, yeah. They're basically like uh, you can't miss with these guns. Like you just kind of fire them in the direction you want to go, and it has a wide scatter shot, so it's pretty easy. Um, so what these guys' intentions was is this was a duel. It wasn't a race. It was a duel. It's the best kind of duel I've ever heard. I know. And these guys wanted to uh, basically they weren't aiming at each other. They're aiming at the the balloon itself. Is this is like a video game. It does no. sound like a, a a good video game or like a, I don't know. Is it it wouldn't last that for long. The, for the last duel? Is this all spoilers? <laughs> this is not spoilers for the last duel. Um, so they both board their uh, hot air balloons with their, they they said, they called them their, um, their second, which I yeah. don't know what that means. Their second, is that like their partner or their? Yeah. yeah. Do you watch Hamilton? Like, is it like their business partner, you would say, or? It sounds like somebody they trust it. Okay, so like maybe they're co-pilot. So they bo- they like, both so boarded. If I, ever, if I ever got in a duel, like my second would be my brother Mickey. Yeah, for sure. And you would you would allow him to come up into this balloon for a a duel? I mean, he would ask no, him to, but he would not do it. <laughs> yeah, he does not like heights. <laughs> no. And uh, so the crowd was unprepared for what would happen next. Obviously. Um, I actually found an old newspaper clipping from this event from 1808. So it, it was actually something that was all across the news back then. Idiots um, in balloons. <laughs> I know. And uh, the newspaper clipping said that the reason why these guys did it, cause they have elevated minds. Um, uh, and the duel right. in the sky was the most sophisticated way to go. So at 9am in the morning, Not the, the cords cut and both balloons ascended majestically into the sky and the crowd cheered they didn't know what was going to happen they just were cheering because you know it's it's fun to watch balloons go up um the wind was mild uh so the balloons were kind of just 
drifting up there 80 yards apart. So they weren't that far apart. And they slowly got higher and higher. And as they got up to the spot where they're going to do this duel, I think it was like 900 yards up, um, which you do the math and in feet, but whatever. 900 yards aloft and Lapeak fired his blunderbuss first. Did he hit it? And he missed the broad, like a broadside of the barn. Like, how do you miss shooting at a gigantic eighty yards bl- away? That's yeah. far away. It's not that far. Yeah, you're in the balloon, that's not like steady. Yeah, that's true. An eighteen eighteen hundred gun. That's not you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like aiming at a giant. Those balloons were huge back then. Yeah, you better <laughs> you better charge it up fast. Um, so Lapeak fired first and missed. And then Grand Prix like, no, immediately returned fire, penetrating Lapique's balloon. Oh, Lapique! I know, poor Lapique. This is this is a newspaper clipping from the Northampton Mercury, dated July twenty third, eighteen oh eight. That's like oh, my okay. favorite newspaper. I, I think I get that delivered every every weekend. Side note: We randomly got our like a they delivered the newspaper to everybody on our street, like to try to get people to like to subscribe. <laughs> it was nice. I like reading the paper. That's kind of depressing, honestly. <laughs> it's like, hey, please, please, <laughs> please uh, subscribe. Um, so the here's here's what they wrote in the paper: the consequence of which was rapid descent, and Lapeak and his second were both dashed to pieces. On a housetop over which the balloon fell. Sucks for that person that had a house. I know. <laughs> this this rich smart guy. <laughs> what happened to the house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fell fell through my fell through my roof. Um. So Grand Prix he won, and he just uh, out of like a celebration, he just I guess pulled the the gas lever to go higher and higher and higher, just like. They said he just rose to a height, like, quickly, I guess, celebrating. Um, and, uh, yeah, the story goes is uh, they think he got the girl. They don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought he died. No, he landed far far down the road, far down. Um, oh, I thought like, he kept going he higher and higher. He was super and then... excited when he landed, <laughs> yeah. obviously, uh, but the story doesn't say whether he actually won the heart of this woman or not. Uh, but duels were super popular in France. I, di- I didn't realize that it was such a big part of their culture. Um, they said during Henry the Fourth's reign, more than 4,000 men lost their lives over an 18-year per- uh, period in duels. And then during Louis VIII's reign, he granted 8,000 pardons for murders associated with duels. So, Yeah. What's the name of your fact, Mike? Name of my fact is Balloon Wars. The Balloon Duel. So that yeah, so that's our three facts. We had Pets from downtown. Uh, we had Mike the Balloon Duel. Duel. I just <laughs> chose that title to make it hard for you to read. Yeah, just find the word balloon if you want to vote for Mike's fact. And my fact is Texas Leaguer. Uh, like always, follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, the other ones, Instagram. We should be posting more stuff. Um, rate and review us on Apple and Spotify. Most importantly, 
Have a great day.